For a time, we tried to contact him by radio, but no response. Welcome, everybody, to episode nine of the Dumb Marks Podcast. This is a special Halloween edition of the Dumb Marks Podcast, and due to it being Halloween, we decided to bring back our two favorite Dumb Marks. You heard them last week on the show, Donald and Jason. How you guys doing today? Good, good. How are you, Steve? All right, all right. It's been it's been better. Jason, you good? I'm good. All right. Well. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> to the <public. laughs> so my uh, not to not to dive into the weeds right right off the bat but my uh halloween morning has not started off too good here i uh was supposed to go to my niece's soccer game woke up and drove to the soccer field only to realize that she was not playing a home game she was playing somewhere that was about 30 minutes away so that got kiboshed from the start and then my windshield which had a chip in it because it was 30 degrees in Pittsburgh this morning and I had the defroster on, decided to split across the entire windshield. So I spent the morning getting in touch with Safe Life Auto, Safe Light Auto to schedule an appointment to get a new windshield replaced. So um, <laughs> my morning is starting off costing me money. Spent That's that, how I'm doing. Spent that gas money to go to the field and then... Yeah, now my niece is disappointed because I'm not at her game. Sure. You know, it's costing me three, four hundred dollars for a new windshield. Oh, and while I'm doing that and everything else, what pops up on the phone? Sean Connery passes away. Horrible. Fuck twenty twenty. <laughs> I mean, he was ninety, so I mean, he seems like he probably led a good life. But you know, I mean, he's James Bond. You know, can't take him away. Can we please, please put like all the security and the best doctors and everybody else? Can we surround Betty White to exactly. get through the end of twenty twenty? Really, like she better make it through. We, we, I mean, after everybody that we've lost this year, like I think, like just twenty twenty was such a kick in the nuts, anyways. But I mean, you had the loss of, of Betty White on to that. Like no one's gonna want to go into twenty twenty one if that happens. Like I said last week, 13-1-2020, like I'm really hoping that the calendar actually flips over to January 1, 2021. Like we talked about the Bond movies a couple weeks ago, you know, with the delay of the new one, but, you know, without Sean Connery, you know, if his movies wouldn't have been good, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Bond movies today. You know, like we might be talking about it, you know, like it's nothing or people might not even talk about it at all, but because his were so successful and he was the epitome of James Bond. You know, that's who everybody look thinks of. You know, whenever you talk about James Bond anymore, yeah, sucks. Yep. So, uh, anybody got anything else from their week that they wanted to get into here in the intro before we kind of give you a rundown for this special edition Halloween episode of the pod? All right, we're going to be doing some Halloween trivia to kick things off today. Uh, after that, we'll go get into Bell to Bell segment uh, on Drink of the Week. We're going to be trying out Whole Hogs uh, JP's Casper White Stout. Um, so if you've never had a white stout before, tune in for that. And then uh, we'll do our bottom five worst Halloween candies. Yep, everybody got their power rings and top fives and 
most acclaimed, not on the Dumb March podcast. Here you're getting the toilet bowl bottom worst of the worst. So, and then, yeah, and then after that we'll do uh, this week in sports, and then we'll enjoy some Halloween candy. I think. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, folks, grab your uh, Halloween costumes, put them on, get ready for trick or treating, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome to the first edition of the Dumbmarks Podcast Trivia Game. Uh, today we're going to do Halloween trivia. We've got a couple rounds. First round will be one point each. Uh, second round will be five points each question. And then the third round will be ten points for each correct question. Your players today are Jason, Donald, and Steve. I'm Chris, and I'll be asking the questions today. Any, any questions on the game? We want to get right into it? No. Let's go. We're good. All right. <laughs> So, uh, the first question is going to be uh, Price is Right rules. Uh, you guys don't have to buzz in for this one, so we'll just do uh, everybody answer, and the one that's closest without going over wins the points for that. Um, how many pounds of candy corn are produced each year? Jason? I don't even have a guess. I'm, <laughs> I'm bad with that. A million. I don't... million? Okay. Uh, we'll say 250,000 pounds. Okay. Put some thought into that. I'm going to go... One million, one dollar. <laughs> and it's probably good that you did that because uh, the the pounds is a whopping 35 million pounds. So Jason <laughs> one dollar. For one dollar. <laughs> uh, Steve, not Jason. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> dumb Mark. <laughs> uh, makes two dumb <laughs> We got four total. <laughs> hey, Trebek is safe with his job. <laughs> Every Halloween, Charlie Brown helps his friend Linus wait for what character to appear? You got a buzz in. <laughs> Donald? The Great Pumpkin. Yes, sir. Fucking Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most popular Halloween candy in America? <laughs> Steve? Uh, Reese's Cup. No. Anybody uh, else want to try? Candy corn. No. Really? I'll try. <laughs> Donald? Snickers. No. Correct answer is Skittles. What? Yeah. Um, this next question has two answers, but I'll accept either one of them. What were the first ever fun-sized candy bars? Steve? Milky Way. Snickers or Milky Way? I was going to say Snickers. And final question in round one. What sort of mask does Michael Myers wear in the original Halloween movie? Donald? William Chatler. Correct. <laughs> I was just going to say a Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> So the budget was so cheap on it, they found a $2 William Shatner mask and they just spray-painted white. <laughs> no idea that that was William Shatner's yeah. face. <laughs> now you can never unsee it, though. No, it's one of those things, once you know, then you'll always see William Shatner's face on it. <laughs> All right, going into the second round, uh, Don and Steve are tied for two points each. Uh, going second round, five points for each question. Where is the world's longest haunted house? <laughs> Virginia. Virginia. No. I also want to take a guess. No, I got no clue. No, nothing. Lewisburg, Ohio. So we'll be there soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a whopping 3,564 feet long and located 80 feet underground. No. no negative. Negative. Really? negative. Next year. I'm, I actually I'm surprised you didn't know that. Next year. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> Is nothing pop- good comes out of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Is a pumpkin a fruit or a vegetable? 
Donald? A fruit. Correct. There. Okay, so this next question is going to be just uh, like what we did, Price is Right rules. Um, there have been four schools that have documented their scientific studies according to, the, to, according to Tootsie Roll Industries. According to Purdue University, how many licks does it take, on average, to reach the center of a Tootsie Pop? Jason. 15. Okay. 35. Okay. 69. <laughs> <laughs> Steve wins being closest, but the Purdue University uh, actually had students lick the Tootsie Pops. 252. Wow. wow. <laughs> What if you can do it in one? Ain't no wonder. <laughs> no, no wonder why college college courses cost twelve hundred dollars exactly. per This, is what, this yeah. is what they're doing. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of round two. Uh, again, Stephen Donald are tied, seven points apiece. Uh, each question after this is Jason sitting on that Homer Simpson donut over there. <laughs> I got one way for the comeback. Oh, have any? Nothing yet. <laughs> what is the most commercially successful horror movie of all time? Psycho. No. Halloween. No. Friday the 13th. Nope. It. What? Uh, okay. oh, they're counting this. These remakes. <laughs> Which, the new, the new one? Yeah, they're counting this. Maybe. Just, I don't... Actually, I don't have... Okay. Uh, what horror movie was the first American film to ever show a toilet on screen? Psycho. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm in here. <laughs> this dude just pulled into the lead yeah. with one question. I'm trying to come back. I'm swinging the fences. What item is banned in California on Halloween? Knives. No. Classic knives. Toy guns. No. Uh, I would say weed, but that's legal in California. It is. Um, <laughs> fake blood. No. Uh, silly string. I, I think it was like 2007 they, they banned that. Ran for the environment, probably. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we are we up to final Jeopardy yet, or are we just running through questions? We'll just run through some questions. All right. What was the original Halloween's movie's working title? October thirty first. <laughs> no guesses. <laughs> Babysitter murders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do final Jeopardy on this one. What famous magician died on Halloween? Jason. Houdini. Correct. That's <laughs> not how Final Jeopardy works. Everybody writes down their answer and then you wager your points. <laughs> Stupid marks. <laughs> this dude wins. They answer two questions. Yeah, he answers two questions and wins. This game shows bullshit. <laughs> Put the strap on who? <laughs> All right, at the end of that, Jason comes in the lead with 20 points, and Don, Don and Steve had seven each. Anybody learn anything? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got all the answers already. <laughs> all right, we'll continue on with more Halloween with our uh, bottom five worst Halloween candy of all time a little bit later on. All right, welcome to this week's edition of Bell to Bell. We had a real busy week in wrestling, uh, starting out with Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory. We also had WWE Hell in a Cell on Sunday, and then NXT had Halloween Havoc this week. So might as well start at the beginning. Did anybody watch Bound for Glory or follow anything about Bound for Glory? 
I followed for Bound for Glory. I did not get a chance to watch it yet. I might not go back and watch it because I did watch Impact on Tuesday, so I got to run down okay. um, besides what I read. So overall, a lot of people, the takes were that it was not a good pay-per-view. One of the right. one of the least favorite pay-per-views that Impact has put on this year, which is kind of sad given the fact that it was their, their WrestleMania, their top top pay-per-view of the year so not not critically acclaimed around the board there uh match wise you know they they did say the main event which i was not expecting was very well received between rich Mm -hmm. swan and and ey i had no interest in that if you listen to the prediction show that me and chris did for bound for glory you know that we just can't see rich swan as being a top guy in a company they put the belt on them. It is what it is. We'll see where they go from here. Impact this week, they kind of ran down a list of people that were that were going to challenge him or step up to him, running down the list. So we'll see where they go with that. But not a well-received card for the most part. I'm actually the opposite of you for that. I didn't watch Impact this week, but I watched Bound for Glory. It wasn't a very good show. I didn't really care for it at all. There was a lot of issues that they that for them to claim that this is their WrestleMania, I think they need to stop doing that. Back in the day, whenever when TNA was actually had decent, like a really good roster that you would pay the money to watch, like whenever Kurt Angle and, and some of those guys were around, I could see Bound for Glory being their WrestleMania. Now I kind of feel like Slammiversary is kind of like their their pay per view every year. That that one gets the it's better treatment. Yeah. Um, they get better matches. You know, it's usually more receptive. Um, I kind of feel like they need to. Make that, or maybe even do something else. But Bound for Glory just doesn't do it for me anymore. I think after a couple years ago, they went to Japan for one of them, and I kind of felt like that was the beginning of the end for Bound for Glory. But tons of audio issues. Uh, During the first match, uh, Josh was actually talking a few times when he wasn't supposed to. Like, he was talking to, like, production staff or or other Mm. people, and just, like... He pulled a vampiro? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, he he ended something, and then he goes, okay, we need to fix my mic, and it's just like, um, you should be muted right now. Uh, And, like, some other... Like, there was a couple other instances like that. So it was basically Impact pulling a TNA. Yeah. And this is... Because they've done a good job of getting rid of that TNA stigma. Mm Mm-hmm. So they, you think that? I, I, I have. I really have. I think with the roster they have, they have assembled, I think with the storylines that they've done since Callus and Demore have taken over and the people that they've pushed, given the the roster that they work with at times, and they, I mean, you got to remember, they're, they're hamstrung in the fact that when they shoot TV, they shoot eight episodes. So they're, they're shooting two months worth of television at once. Right. Yeah. So, given injuries and everything else, like they, you have to go back in and make changes on the fly to stuff. And they, they've done a really good job. I mean, I, this has been the most that I've watched Impact consecutively in years. Mm. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's by no means up there with AEW or WWE. But I mean, if you're looking, if you're tired of mainstream wrestling and i'll throw those two in as mainstream because they're on you know platforms that make them mainstream as far as being on usa fox and tnt if you want more of that indie feel of wrestling like impact is a very good alternative that has some names that you know has some names you may not know but that once you watch them in the ring will get you interested in them more i I think they've done a good job with getting rid of that tna stigma 
I think me and you have had this conversation before, but I actually think that the stigma wasn't on TNA. I think the stigma was on Impact. And they got rid of the TNA name just because they thought the stigma was on TNA. Um, because I, for me, I'd venture that the best part of Impact TNA was up to 2010. And once Hogan came, Bischoff came in, that started the downfall. I'm not putting the blame on them, but that started the downfall of the era of TNA. And that's when they changed, really, the name. Oh, you saw it was Impact Wrestling. You know, they didn't, yeah, the titles were TNA, but they didn't really reference TNA as much. So from 2010 on, it's really been Impact. And I kind of feel like the, the bad years have been more Impact than TNA. So take the name out of it. If you're, if you're going off of your timeline, right, take the TNA Impact, take the name off of it. To me, Damore and Callis have done a good job of elevating the brand to a point where it is a watchable product. It may not be the best product yeah. out there, but it is a watchable alternative product if you're sick of WWE. Yeah. I, or even AEW. Like you may have grown tired of them after after a year in, the depending on how you view what they're what they're doing. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But I mean you have options now, and Impact is one of those options that you can consider to watch on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's I've tried to watch it semi-regularly since Slammiversary this year, and I, right now I'm a little tired of it, and especially coming off of Bound for Glory, I think I'm going to take a pause again. Uh, yeah, from but I did that before with, with Impact and TNA too, where I'd take breaks and then get back into it occasionally. The thing that I really did like about Bound for Glory is I thought uh, the X Division match was really good. Um, so I, I think that division's still strong in, in Impact. And then I think the tag division is strong in Impact. I think those two things are probably the best things going right now. The North won the tag titles. Again, I know neither one of us thought that was going to happen when we did our predictions. I don't know if you know who the North is, but uh, they're kind of like the revival down there. Yeah, um, Ethan Page and Jason Alexander. I'm a big fan of Ethan Page. I, Ethan yeah, Page. I think he has talent. I think he has uh, good charisma. You know, I think he could be a... A solo star at some point, but you know, Alexander Alexander is in, is in the mold of a Kurt Angle. Yeah, as far as like that wrestling machine character that he did mm-hmm. in TNA, where it's just no nonsense yeah. and just, I mean that the power driver he did to Alex Shelley on the ramp was just nasty. Yeah, like absolutely nasty. So like it's one of those where like I was like, oh, I think he really hurt his neck <laughs> doing it. Like it was pulled off that well. So. Um, kudos to them. You know, I think the the big thing from Impact uh, this week that's going forward is the the wedding that they had. So wrestling weddings never go off well, no. right? This week on Impact, they had Rosemary and Johnny Bravo getting married, and Father James Mitchell came out to do the the nuptials and preside over the ceremony, and it actually made it all the way through. Till the very end, where he goes, and you may now kiss your bride. And they leaned in for the kiss. The lights went out. You heard a bang. Lights pop back on. Johnny Bravo is laying in the middle of the ring, shot. Tommy Dreamer climbs in the ring like, who shot Bravo? (laughs) No. So they pulled the old Dallas TV angle and going to apply it. Let's see where it goes. I mean, it's so over the top that it's like. Maybe All right, I'll, I'll watch it because it's so over the top. Yeah. Like, it, you have, you, you've created interest for me to tune in to see. All right, where does this go? Yeah, I, 
I watched it um, online after it happened. I watched the segment. The leading up to the wedding, I really wasn't interested in it, so I'll let you watch it and fill me in on, on what goes on with it. Um, I think the other big news out of Impact this week, other than that, was that the women's tag team titles are going to return. Um, they're it's going to be crowned at their next pay per view, which is going to be uh, January sixteenth. Hard to kill. I you know when they first brought the tag championships in, I was okay with that. You know years ago. Because I felt like TNA had the strongest women's division in wrestling. After a while, they proved why they shouldn't have had them. Um, then they got rid of them. And then even whenever WWE brought them in a couple years ago, I was just like, you saw what TNA did with it. You know, why are you going to try this? Um, what's everybody think about them bringing back the women's tag titles? So Tuesday, they did a good job of kind of establishing some of the teams that will vie for those knockouts tag team championships i think they have a roster to make it work with who all they have now um some of the teams are definite no-brainers just based off of the characters and who they align with on the show so you you could already see who's going to be paired up with who if they're not already kind of a duo and storylines already so you know my favorites going into this will probably be tasha Steeles and kiera hogan um, they've been together on a show. Tasha Steeles, if you don't know, she was in Ring of Honor for a little bit. Bully Ray went to Ring of Honor. Like, you need to sign her ASAP. She is that charismatic um, of an individual and is probably going to be a star sooner rather than later. And Kiera Hogan has really stepped up her game over the last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think much of her whenever I first started watching Impact again, but she's really turned things up and and has she's really transformed herself into being a le, you know a legitimate professional wrestler and those two would be the two that I would kind of bank on moving forward uh with this knockouts tag team tournament. Donald? Um as long as the women's division is strong, I don't mind the tag uh women's tag titles, knockout tag titles. And I don't watch it that much like I used to anymore. So um we'll see where it goes. I remember when their women's division was like on top and everything was flowing for them like great. So, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I tend to tune in more now for women's wrestling, so I'm glad to see it back. I'll probably tune in to see what they have to offer. Okay. All right. Well, that, that'll wrap up Impact and coverage for Bound for Glory and the show Tuesday night. We'll move forward here and get into WWE for the week, uh, which will encompass Hell in a Cell, Raw, and SmackDown. I did tune in for Hell in a Cell. The only two things that I really want to talk about from the pay-per-view itself are Bailey and Sasha and Roman and Jay. Um, Bailey and Sasha did what I thought they were going to do was go out there and have, you know, match of the night-esque match. Um, some of the spots I could have done without, but, you know, like, there were really good spots in there and different they, they used the cell differently than, than what has been seen before. And that's the that's the issue with Hell in a Cell matches now. You can only do so much inside of the cell and you've done the pay-per-view for so long. There's been so many matches that it's hard to come up with stuff that's original and makes you go, Oh shit, they really used the cell how they should, and that looked Devastating and yeah, that, having three matches on the same yeah, card. Three matches on the same card. So so each one of those three matches has to be different and has mm-hmm. to do different stuff because then they just all look like the same match yeah. inside the cell. So kudos to them for coming up with original spots. That freaking meteora that she hit running up off the table into Bailey into the cell <laughs> itself looked yeah. 
absolutely no. devastating. Um, you know, the the chair spot was a callback to what they what they've done. You know, as far as making her tap a um, couple ladder spots in there, but they had a good they hit a good match. We'll see what what this leads to going forward. I I wasn't expecting Sasha to win here again. I'm jaded in this perspective that I really wanted this to be a slow burn and lead into them too at Mania, but it is what it is. Um, hopefully, Sasha can actually defend the strap. You saw that on SmackDown last night, Bailey calling her out, saying, you can win championships, but you can't defend them. And, you know, they have their rematch next week. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what goes what goes on from there. And then, um, What do you guys think? think that she's at? Gonna be able to defend it, you know. She hasn't defended the title yet, so yeah, she hasn't defended it, but this time around she has to because I think they're building up too much with her and Oscar at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. I'd take it off her and put it back on Bailey <laughs> <laughs> just to give Sasha that mania moment, okay? Build that up again, but then you but do the same this, thing, you have her win and then lose it right away after mania. Or? No, no, this time she keeps it. This time, okay, so mania is falls onto it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's that. And then, like I said, the other match that I'm only concerned about was Roman and Jay. Absolutely storytelling at its finest. I know, Chris, you're in a disagreement with this. He's not into this. He hasn't really been into this feud as much as I have. Donald, Jason, I don't know where you guys sit with this. I love it. There's times like it just seems like it. it's an extra couple minutes too long, but it's still great storytelling. It is a good story. It is. I know I was uh, shitting on Jay Uso last week for sure, but... This was a good match. I love the storytelling. This this is like a slow burn here, what they're doing with it. So yeah. interested to see definitely where it's going. They're giving you everything that you want out of it. Both guys are hitting it out of the park yes. um, from every standpoint. You know, I, I said on the prediction show that, you know, maybe you'd like to see uh, like Rikishi get involved and be the one to yeah. say I quit. Um, on behalf of Jay because his pride was going to get in a way to where he was just going to take an ass whooping to the point where he would not say it and they were worried about his safety and they 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 did that but they had Jimmy get involved and do it and you know just added that another layer to the story and have you know Roman break down questioning who he is and then all of a sudden snaps and puts the guillotine on Jay or on Jimmy and you know that like Jay said last night, you knew that was the only person that I would say I quit for. So you knew what you were doing when you did that. Like, it's just, it's continuing to add level upon level. And then the cherry on top of the Sunday was having the Wild Samoans at the top of the rink, mm. at the top of the ramp, you know, with Afa and Sika and him getting the hugs and putting the laid on. It's like crowning, like, hey, you are the head of the family. I will say this. So you take that moment from last night or from Sunday night, right? Mm. Alpha putting the lay on his son, saying he's the high chief. Roman last night in the ring on SmackDown cutting his promo, saying you saw the highest of high chiefs. Your uncle, my father, anoint me as being the head of the family. That, this is me foreshadowing, but going back to what I've been saying, (laughs) that is going to lead into the Rock and Roman at Mm -hmm. Mania. Because The Rock can come out and go, hey, I'm the descendant of the highest of high chiefs in, high Ch- in Chief Peter Maivia. Like, he was the originator of the family. You know, no offense to your father and that, but my grandfather was 
the head of the table. Mm. So you don't go running around claiming that you're the head of the table if you haven't beaten me yet. And if Rock does come back, I know you said he's retired and not wrestling anymore, mm. right? But if he does come back, Bully Ray said this on Busted Open, and I agree with him. Don't give me the ha-ha funny one-liner zinger rocks. You know, don't give me the, if you smell what you're cooking, turn my foot sideways, take you to the SmackDown Hotel rock. No, give me the serious, you're not the highest of high chiefs. You're not the head of the table until you beat me. No. You give me that rock with this Roman, and I'm all in on that as a main event for Mania. That will be Mania gold. <laughs> I mean, I, what, what you're putting out there makes sense. No, it's not even that. I actually would be interested in it. Mm. this. The whole storyline I've enjoyed, like everything on SmackDown leading up to everything, leading up to Clash, leading up to Hell in a Cell. I've enjoyed even the stuff last night. It's the matches that I have the problem with. Like I felt like Hell in a Cell match was exactly a redo of Clash of the Champions. It's just in a Hell in a Cell this time, mm-hmm. and just it's too much talking. I think that that's what that's, bothers me with it. It's just there's they, a little bit of too much of that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, in it's, there, yeah. It's but like that, once they do the talking, it just slows down the match, and it, it's like by by a certain point when they just keep talking, it's like okay, I don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, I lose the interest in the match. See, that's where we disagree because to me, I think the talking is warranted in this storyline. I don't think you would get the the depth of the storytelling if you took out the talking. Whether it's promos, whether it's in match, um, to me that that builds onto it because it's a personal family feud. It's real. Like if me and my brothers are fighting, and it's the same thing, right? Me and my brothers are fighting. Like there's gonna be talking back and forth. Like you know what I mean? Like why are you making me do this? Like I like the stuff that they're saying during the matches is stuff that if you fought your brother in real life, you would be saying. Like, I love you, but you're pushing me to this limit. No. Like, why are you doing this? You, you know what I mean? Like, I guess because it's a lot of the time it's the same thing being said over and over again. I'm like, like that. Why are you making me do this? I love you. It's just like, it's constant. It's, it's, it was, it's regurgitated over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think that's, and I'm not saying it's bad, but. To counteract that point, mm-hmm. though, I think the, the constant reiteration led to last night when the light bulb went off for Jay mm-hmm. and go, okay, I get it now. I understand. I I will fall in line. I will follow you as the tribal chief and the head of the family. Like yeah. Roman kept hammering that point home with the words that he was saying and he was constantly repeating himself because Jay wasn't getting the message. Last night you saw Jay get the message. So I think going forward, are there going to be moments where something's going to need to be said yeah, but I think going forward, like, you'll see less of the talking and more of the action that you're looking for because the light bulb went off for Jay and he gets it now. I, I really, After last night, I really think, and I, what my prediction was the other day, that, you know, Jay fell in line and, you know, Jimmy's going to come back and just be in line too. I really see this is going to be, like, the bloodline return and maybe, like, more, like, mafia style because I was thinking about last night, like, you know, okay, Roman's, you know, the boss. Paul's the consigliere or the or the underboss, depending on where you classify him. And then the Usos are going to be the capos in the family. And they're going to do the work. 
And, you know, I that and I started thinking, I was like, this is what I would like to see. Like, I'm, I want to see that, because I didn't, I didn't like the Bloodline the first time when they were around. And I think this time it's going to be a whole lot better, um, if they use the name or not, you know, to be determined. But, you know, I kind of would like to see, you know, Roman needs a different look. And if they would kind of go that Mafia look, maybe, like, wearing the suits or something could be interested. You um, get you got his different look with him in the ring without well, the shield gear. He has the shirt off. He's still wearing the pants and the and the and the, the, the boots. You know, yeah. And then this week he wore the Thanos gauntlet. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, I just I, I kind of that evolution that evolution is going to come as as far as that as well as the like the theme music. Yeah, like, it's a slow build, right? And Roman said that on Graves' podcast. He did. He goes, you know. There's so many things behind the scenes that go into changing theme music, ring gear, and everything else. I just didn't want to hit you with everything at once. Yeah. I wanted to build slowly to that so over time you see the complete transformation of this character. And I'm not just punching you in the face with it. Yeah. So you grow with it as long as the character's growing and showing different sides. So, so what, what did we talk about last week, you know? I think Cole finally stopped addressing him as the big dog, mm-hmm. but then it's about w- but WWE social media references him as the big, big dog. dog. Yeah, they tweeted out so right like, after the big dog. It's like, yeah. yo, like yeah, you just can't even get on the same page. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it, it, I don't think there's the, the right communication in that company. Yeah, you know, it's just like they all need to be on the same page. And same with the graphics, you know. I think that should be should have been the first thing that changed. There's no more big dog graphics. Well, it wasn't on there last night, but they also didn't have Tribal Chief up last night. They just and that's left fine that they off. Put it on, yeah, but, but no, I get what you're saying. So, yeah. um, anything from you guys as far as Dawn and Jason, as far as like the Hell in a Cell and tying the SmackDown since we talked about Sasha and Bailey and Roman and Jay so far. I want to see where this goes. Like Roman, like since like last night, where he took out Daniel Bryan. Does that? Does that start a feud with Brian, or does that, or is it just going to be Roman taking out the roster? I would like to see a feud with Brian. Yeah, it's a good point. To, yeah, to go they had with. a good match before. Yeah, but I do want to see a point where it's like less talking, and all you need is like a head a head nod from Roman, mm. and you can stick the Usos on somebody. I think you got that last night, even though like the when he first started the beat down of Brian, like Roman stopped and was like. You know, make him understand. Yeah. I think after after that, as Jay continued to beat down, and he even did it after the show went off the air, which they put we online that, as, yeah. a, as a WWE.com exclusive. But you saw Roman just standing there and, like, looking at Jay. Mm-hmm. And then Jay would get up and start attacking again. So I think you'll get more like what you were saying with either a look or a head nod or a wink, something that will just go, okay, you know, shit's on. Now, like, yeah. here comes trouble. You know what I mean? So, I actually fell asleep on SmackDown. So, <laughs> Still, what a dumb one. <laughs> Flip over to, to Hell in a Cell and tie that into Raw for Monday night. I could care less what happened at Hell in a Cell from the Raw side of things. I've been saying that Raw has me not interested at all. Randy does pick up the win there. So, you know, interesting to see. Um, as I said before and on the prediction show and with us us four talking, you know, they're going with The Fiend and Randy. They started that up on Monday night. Uh, nice callbacks to the house burning with the in the picture frame behind Bray in the fun house. Mm-hmm. And then also the object that Bray 
beat Ramblin' Rabbit with. If you look, I forget who tweeted it out afterwards, but that same object and sign were used in the few previously. There's a shot of Roman and Harper holding Randy Orton, and that symbol is in front of Randy. So nice callback there with stuff going along with, you know, the, the Fiend never forgets yeah. his, you know, the past discretions done against him. Mm-hmm. Adding Alexa Bliss to the funhouse and her role so far has been what I've expected it to be. So right now they're one for one without not screwing that up. We'll see if that continues. Um, this is just going to lead into, and I'll say it again, like I said it before, but this is going to be, you're going to have Randy and Edge at Mania for the belt. So book it now, pencil it in. Actually, don't pencil it in, sharpie it in because it's going to happen. Yeah. You don't need to erase that one. Whether or not Edge comes back and wins the Rumble or he's the, the last Raw superstar in the Rumble and they kind of build to the title match that way and let the, the winner from SmackDown face Roman. But, um... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil that in now. So how do you get the how do you get the fiend out of this feud? So that's the interesting thing here. Um, I don't I don't know I, I don't know how you how you pull that off. The fiend the fiend's one of those characters to where if he loses a feud he doesn't come out weaker. Yeah, I think like he's like not Undertaker esque because he's not the Undertaker, but you know what I mean like that On type that level of, that type of character yeah. to where like. He can have a championship feud. Like, The Undertaker would lose, a, you know, a buried alive match to Stone Cold, but that doesn't mean that The Undertaker was buried. buried yeah. yeah. And I think The Fiend is kind of the same way. So we're not getting it at Survivor Series because yeah. you have the champions versus champions. What's left before Rumble? TLC. 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 So maybe you do something at TLC and not have, like, a legitimate finish. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Rumble. And then you go to Rumble, and it and it can be where he beats the Fiend at Rumble, and then that's how you get you know Edge coming back. There's some ways that they can do it creatively, I think. Yeah. Um, to get out of it, if they fight at TLC, they should be Orin versus Bray Wyatt in this Firehouse Fun uh, thing gimmick. Okay. Yeah, well, not the Fiend. <laughs> well, when I mean when Strowman when Strowman won, he didn't beat the Fiend. He beat Bray. Yeah. So, like you said, there, there's there's oh, ways yeah. that you can do it to where you have, you know, maybe you have Bray lose at TLC and then you get the Fiend at Rumble mm-hmm. or whatever um, the case may be. But yeah, no, we still don't know what they're going to do yet for Rumble. They're supposedly have to be out of the Thunderdome by December first, so they haven't decided officially yet where they're going. And then, but the rumor is supposed to be, you know, Mania is going to be held at Tampa this year. So maybe they'll have Rumble outdoors, or maybe they'll put it wherever they go next. You know, mm-hmm. if they go to another base like another Thunderdome or something, and I could see definitely if everything stays the same right now, I could see a cinema match. You know, at Rumble between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, being the fiend. You know, do a match, regular match at TLC, and then a cinema match at Rumble. But Does if that hurt them because they've already done a cinema match. Those two, even though even um, though even though Bray's different, he's the fiend now. He's not yeah. Bray Wyatt, leader of the Wyatt family. He's he's different character now. Does that does that hurt them too? If you throw them back into a cinema match because it's already been done. I, I think, think he maybe want to. Oh, okay. I think you want to. You maybe want to do it better this time. Yeah. Because last time it was just eh, wasn't that great for me. 
Yeah, the first one was more, it was in the ring, but it's supposed to be a cinema match. Mm-hmm. I think this time they'll actually do like a full-fledged, you know, like a movie type match. But I think this time you could even go, like whenever they feuded before, you can go deeper into Orton's twisted mind, too. And maybe that's where the match is. Instead of being embraced in the Fiend's world, this one goes in Orton's world. Hey, um, as long as I don't get maggots on the wrestling mat, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I'm, I'm okay, yeah. right? All right. But I, I agree with you with, I think, I actually agree with both your Mania predictions right now. Um, but I agreed with you with Sasha and Bailey too, so... All right, and then the other thing um, from Raw that I, I guess you can briefly touch on again, the booking of Retribution right now is just terrible. I have no idea what they're doing with it at all. I don't think they do either. But you have the you have a you have an elimination match, which is basically a Survivor Series match before Survivor Series. <laughs> so I guess you're not getting these eight people at a match at Survivor Series. Yeah, I just don't I just don't get it. I don't know where they're going with it. I can't even think of where they're going with it. And maybe that's what they want us to think right now. Like who knows? But to me, like I said, it's it's something that I'm completely over and can care less about. It got to a point where I actually like sat up and wanted to see like when it was down to uh, Ali, Benjamin, and Cedric. I actually sat up because I wanted to see what they were going to do, but it just ended with a he what he hit somebody with a chair to get disqualified. Yeah, like, uh, wasn't a good finish for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch Raw this week, so I, I follow it a little bit on social media to know what's going on. But I mean, top to bottom, it, like it's not. It, <laughs> It's raw. It's still not a good show. You know, one thing that I hate about WWE, and they do this all the time, is so you had a pay-per-view. It ended, right? Now you jump right into shoving the next pay-per-view down my throat, which is Survivor Series, which growing up as a kid was one of my favorite pay-per-views when they used to do the whole pay-per-view as the Survivor Series matches. And then the Survivors would team up at the end to face each other, good guys versus bad guys. And it, like as a kid, that that worked for me, you know, I don't know if I was older watching it at the time, if it would work or not, but like that, those are my memories of Survivor Series. But like you, you throw right into Survivor Series qualifying matches for Team Raw and Team SmackDown, and it's like you have guys that just got drafted to Raw and SmackDown two weeks ago, and they're thrown in these matches, and they're supposed to be yay, 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 raw, mm-hmm. raw. Raw brand, raw brand, or SmackDown, SmackDown, and it doesn't make any sense. Like it's not even believable that you yeah. could just be so hype. Like, you know, AJ Styles just gets drafted to Raw. Now he's all of a sudden just the, <laughs> the greatest Raw superstar, you know, promoter out there. Like, come on, it doesn't make sense. After like, he's more known as the face that runs the place on SmackDown. <laughs> SmackDown, yeah, mm-hmm. just it's it doesn't do anything for me, and I'm kind of disappointed that. They went about it this way as far as just throwing SmackDown right at or throwing Survivor Series right at me and not giving me any interest into a build. A build. Yeah. You have champions versus champions, that's, which is okay. That's it's been done before, but that that could be interesting. At least it was last year going into it when you added NXT mm-hmm. and you had you know, you had Rhea and you had Bailey and um, I forget Shana. who was Shayna. Like you had, you know, what I mean, you did have some matches that piqued my interest. But this year, it's kind of like no NXT, just Raw versus SmackDown. So you announced the champions matches, and it's like, all right, Bailey and Oscar. We've seen that how many times over the last couple months? 
or I'm sorry, Sasha, Sasha and Asuka, right? Mm-hmm. Roman and Randy, who goes over in that one? I have no idea. Like, I don't think Roman. That's the one I'm interested in seeing. <laughs> I don't think Roman's taking a loss, but Randy just got the strap. So mm-hmm. what do you do with that? The tag team championship match, there's no real build to it. New Day did the the mock impression of Street Profits on Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. They, yeah. You know. Bought an Oscar. Yeah. Kofi was Kofi was good mocking Dawkins. You don't go full Dawkins. Yeah, you don't go full <laughs> Dawkins. Like, that was, that was pretty good. But, I mean, build-wise, no interest. But match-wise, I'm interested because I think yeah. those two teams could turn out match of a night. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So... I don't know what they're going to do from now till Survivor Series, but right off the bat, I'm immediately turned off with just the way that they've shoved it down yeah, my throat. It was just like Monday, matches booked already, whole show, except for the tag, or except for the teams. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think we had kind of talked about it a little bit before, and I think that SmackDown's going to walk away with more wins. I mean, they are they the main it's show. The better show. It's the yeah. better show right And now. plus, it's the Flagstaff show now, so... Yeah. You know. I, I, like, if New Day would win that match, what's that do for them? Nothing. Mm-hmm. If Thank they you. put Street Profits over, that builds them up more. Yeah. Um, you know, Roman, I think, yeah, they just put the title on Randy, but I think it would mean more for a Roman win uh, with his whole storyline going on. I Maybe see the, the Fiend didn't... I, I see the Fiend getting yeah. involved there. Yeah. I see a lot of people getting uh, involved in that match. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the women's match... That could go. That, that could be another match that someone interferes in, or just goes to wherever it goes. And how many times he saw it this year already? Yeah, and I guess it means more for if Sasha is the one that goes into the match, it means more for Sasha. Yeah. To, to have the win, but then I mean, Bobby Lashley is beating Sami Zayn, but Sami Zayn <laughs> could pull something out, and yeah, he's kind of like that. We talked about like with the guy down TNA, you know, the X Division champ, you know, how he just magically pulls out the win. That could be yeah. that's Sami Zayn too right now. So, yeah. yeah. So again, the typical week. Uh, there's a couple of good things, a lot of bad things with with Raw, with the main, with I'm sorry, with WWE and the main roster. Let's jump over to Wednesday night. Can we can we kind of jump in? We not gonna talk about Tucker. <laughs> no, 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 because here, here's why I say no, right? You pull the turn, mm-hmm. right, after he's been drafted to Raw, okay? He's he, back on SmackDown. No, he's not back no? on SmackDown. They just never updated his graphic to show him on Raw. <laughs> There's a few people they didn't update. But they're going to continue this feud even though they're on two separate shows. Mm-hmm. So what's the point in trying to Raw and doing this angle? I just like the turn. I, I kind of saw it coming. I, I didn't. It, it caught me I, by surprise. I saw, it, I saw it coming. You know, the promo he cut after he turned in the back, with it was like your typical, this is why I turned. Yeah. wasn't done really well. I can mm-hmm. see why Vince favors Otis in, in that group and, you know, wants to make Otis the star. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, no, I, they, they – after you pull that BS, with you don't update them. You're still continuing it. On you know, even they're on two separate shows. It's just I I can care less. Well, at least you have a credible money in the bank now. Yes, kind of credible. You do. Yeah. And ten years ago, so I- <laughs> ten years ago, Randy Orton was your WWE champion, and The Miz was your money in the bank holder. <laughs> Flash forward ten years, <laughs> ten years later, Randy Orton's your WWE champion and misses your money in the bank holder. They need to find Miz Girl and keep her on speed dial. <laughs> just for whenever they're ready to do it, just call her up. Like, not, if they have to, if they actually have to have her on screen in the Thunderdome, mm-hmm. <laughs> they put her on screen in the Thunderdome. 
She needs to be somewhere whenever they're ready to do something with the Miz. All right, anything else from Raw, SmackDown, Hell in a Cell? Okay, so let's jump into Wednesday nights. We had Halloween Havoc on for NXT and going up against AEW. Um, NXT trounced AEW in the ratings this yeah. week. I, I think it had a lot to do with bringing back the nostalgia of Halloween Havoc. Um, you know, hasn't been around for 20 years, so people were kind of interested in to see what WWE was going to do with it. The um, last time they beat AEW in the ratings was this past July for Great American Bash. Right. So yeah. you're looking, again, nostalgia. Yeah. People want to see what you're going to do with, with those old school WCW pay-per-views. Um, I guess... I'm not surprised at all whenever, Chris, whenever you sent me the ratings for Wednesday night because I watched AEW live and was tweeting out and you watched Halloween Havoc live and you were tweeting out to that. Um, AEW was not a good show Wednesday night. No, it wasn't. It was not. It was probably the worst episode of Dynamite I've watched this year. And I don't... They've fallen into a place where a lot of their bookings... Or storylines, they they hit a wall and they're not making sense right now. Mm-hmm. Which is the first time that they've done this since starting out. So just over a year, like for a brand new company that's never written week to week television before. Kudos sure. to you for going 53, 54 <laughs> weeks without having a shitty show. Um, but yeah, it just, just didn't work for me. Um, the lumberjack match was a lumberjack match just to have it. Mm, no that was reason the most for that. Confusing for me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was put together to keep the dark order out, but yet the dark order were lumberjacks in and the lumberjack interfered. match yeah. and interfered. Mm-hmm. The lumberjacks didn't circle the entire ring because <laughs> of the <laughs> ramp, so the dark order could have came down the ramp and gotten to the ring because no lumberjacks were there. Um, the town hall with, with Jericho and MJF didn't work for me. Those two have been a miss with this bill, and I'm completely disappointed after what we've seen so far. Yeah. Like, again, the dinner debonair segment last week was either hit or miss, depending on your style. This town hall was not good. Um, it kind of let me down to where, like, I don't want to see the match, like, I, and which is bad because I was really looking forward to seeing him and Jericho because I thought that would be big time money. I think they rushed it. I think because um, when we first started talking about this after All Out, um, we we didn't even think it was going to happen a full year. We were thinking it was going to be long term play down the road. They were just going to keep teasing this. So yeah, they did the they did the intro to Dynamite where they were outside the building mm-hmm. and they both got interviewed and they showed them walking away. Going, what a loser! Mm-hmm. Like, and I think maybe after their maybe they did that just to see what the interest was, and then just as a teaser. And then once they realized people, the, the interest really was the interest was there, but since it's gone on, I it, it's, dropping, it's off. dropping off for me. In in, I don't know why. You know then. So I think it's a lot to do with what they kind of talked about during the the segment this week, is that you know who MJF is. He tried to do this with Cody, you know, be a nice guy, be his friend, and you see him doing this now with the inner circle, and it's kind of like the same thing in a way. And See, I think it would have been better if they would have went with the angle of MJF and Sammy going mm-hmm. at it to where try to take that spot. Yeah. Try to take Sammy's spot and have Sammy cost Jericho matches, whatever, like build that up that way. 
And then MJF gets the spot, and Sammy's going back to Chris like, you know who this guy is. You know what he does. He's going to turn on you, this, that, the other. And then MJF backstabs Chris, and Sammy's like, hey, I told you so. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been better than what they're giving me right now. I actually thought the way it was going to go was, because around the same time they started teasing it, was that Jericho said that he was going to start team with Hager. And so we're just like, well, they're going to go tag team now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not going to do, Jericho's not going singles. I think what they should have done was do that. Hager, maybe because he was trained for his MMA fight, pulled him aside. Then Jericho's like, well, I can't, you know, deal with you if you're going to be off TV every week, you know. Then he goes to Sammy, maybe them not win. And then he goes, well, I can't go with uh, Prime Powerful because they're already a tag team. Mm-hmm. So that's whenever he reaches out to MJF. With the bags. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe not like, Put, brought him in the inner circle, but you know, just had them tag team, and maybe that maybe that's when you would have seen the feud between MJF and, and Sammy. Yeah, so I mean, that that didn't do anything for yeah. me either. Then you had the Young Bucks and FTR interview <laughs> sit down. So I te- loved your comment after that. Telly is off. Telly's off site with FTR at an undisclosed location, <laughs> but yet he comes out <laughs> to the ring with spears. <laughs> yeah, later on, like. How? <laughs> really? How does that happen? Like, to me, those are little things that, like, it's high into it. Like, yeah. there wasn't, I mean, granted, he could have gotten a car and drove back to the arena, whatever. But at the same point, like, I shouldn't be sitting there going, like, wait a second. He was just at an undisclosed mm. location, yet he's coming out with Spears? Like, that makes, match. that makes no sense yeah. at all. Mm. So, but the part of it that didn't work for me was the Young Bucks. The whole time, they've been super kicking people, being the douchey pricks and everything else and this and that. And now you get this uber babyface promo from them mm-hmm. talking about, you know. We didn't want to do it. We didn't want to do it. They forced our hand. They turned our friends against us. This, like everything else. And it's like, no, Yinstu did that to yourselves. Like, And then you end it by going. Well, if we don't win this match, we're never going to vibe for the titles again. Yeah. Hey, the Cody move. Yeah. We, this storyline's been done already. Why are you going back into mm-hmm. it? There was no need to do that stipulation. That's what sometimes AEW adds a stipulation just to add a stipulation. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times where it didn't work. Yeah, there, there was no need for it, and the lack of build up for this pay per view that is next week that they basically did a one week build up for. Mm-hmm. But does yeah. this predict the outcome? No. I mean, you're not going to have the Young Bucks lose. There's no way that you have Cody lose and then the Young Bucks lose. And neither, neither one of those three people are ever going to be so, tag team champ or heavyweight champ. But this is also pro wrestling. which like You can always change that. So it's like a Roman I quit match. You know, the outcome already before going in. Yeah. You would think. But, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not... Do you really take the tag titles off the FTR already, though? I don't know. If you're trying to build them up, do you really... They're already built, though. But maybe you further so or they I mean they could swap back and forth. But. Mm-hmm. What if you um, what if you have this dream match that is building been building online for years with the teams going back and forth, different companies never thought it was going to happen. You get it, and then this is where we see. I mean, you talked about way back when when we first started this podcast the new way back when nine weeks ago <laughs> nine weeks ago the new. Four Horsemen S stable. So you have Hangman come out aligned with FTR or something like that. Or Spears comes out because he's with Tully and Tully and FTR. And mm-hmm. you have the three of them and you don't know who the four is going to be. I don't I don't know. Like, to me, there's if you don't do some wonky thing, it's 
it's the Young Bucks are going to win. <laughs> or do you go with the fourth or what is it, third or fourth time limit draw? <laughs> time limit draw. <laughs> yeah, but aren't like, I don't know if on pay-per-views they have the time limit for the t- title no? matches. I know there is something that doesn't have a title match. I think it's usually 30 or 60 minutes on a, maybe on a pay-per-view. Yeah, that's what the okay. longer titles. So you're not going to have an hour no, tag team title match. But, so, yeah, I don't I don't know where they go. Um, that's another thing that just didn't bode well. And then... Of course, Sh- the women's. Sheeta, not even on television. She's been on Dark. Nyla Rose is the number two contender. She puts out a challenge on Dark. So if you don't watch Dark on their YouTube channel, you have no idea that she's even issued this challenge. Mm-hmm. And then Sheeta calls her out on Dynamite. So it looks just like... Sheeta's calling her out with nothing surrounding it at all. And there's been no build to it at all. So, yeah, they're one and two in the rankings, but it's like, okay, I don't... You're doing the matches to have the match. Didn't work. Didn't work. And then the last thing, Omega and Pentagon was a really good match up until the end. And I say that because Pentagon hits a Canadian destroyer from the top rope onto the stage, comes in. Immediately after that move, package power drives Kenny Omega, who kicks out. He then breaks his arm doing the arm move, and somehow Omega is able to withstand all of this and hit a one-winged angel, angel for the win. <laughs> we brought this up before. It's Love the Canadian Destroyer. There's too many. It, it's just... It's now turned into the super kick. It's turned into a yeah. DDT. <laughs> yeah. You know... It, and the thing that I didn't, I liked how he did the Canadian Destroyer this week. I just yeah. didn't like how it was executed because, okay, you, you're jumping from the top rope and you stop dead, and then you have to jump again. It's like, it, it kind of holds, it doesn't make sense to do the jump from, from the top of the middle rope, you know, to do so it. So it didn't flow like, like no. the Panama Sunrise when Cole hits it mm-hmm. in the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's jumping and it's one continuous Exactly. Motion. Yeah, so it just just threw me off with that. I mean, we called Omega and Hangman in the finals, yeah. so I think it'll be a really good match. I think you'll get the full-blown cleaner look, Donald, that yeah. you wanted. Chris, you got your crossing of the room. <laughs> right in the middle of the entrance. Uh-huh. You said they were listening. This is what they did. They came out, they danced in the center, and then he came out and they crossed the broomsticks like you do with the swords in the military. So, like, walk underneath. So, you got that. So... I mean, we'll see. The, the card itself for Full Gear is a stack card when you look match-wise. The build to getting to Full Gear, not so not much. And a lot of people are saying this is the card that should have been on All Out and not Full Gear. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So very we'll, true. we'll see how that how that all plays out. Uh, unfortunately, it's just like, like we said, it's the build. They, this card deserves more time than what they gave it. And I think all this is too soon for your first year, though. Some of these like matchups. You, yeah. For your first year. You, you just like culminate everything into one and where do you go from here after this? Yeah. One you already thing, had your biggest fuse knocked out. Yeah. Like Steve brought up before too that, you know, if you don't watch Dark, you don't know what's going on, then they yeah. just continue the storyline. You know, they keep talking about doing this third hour of T V, mm-hmm. you know, at some point. I'd really like to see that be if it's if it isn't the third hour. I'd like to see AEW do a, a weekly wrap-up show. So, did you hear who's rumored to be hosting that third hour or second mm-hmm. show of AEW? Bischoff, Renee, and Mauro Ronaldo. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So that would be your wrap-up show, whatever the case may be. Okay. Um, 
you know, with Dark, sometimes they'll put the graphic up where they'll show the results of Dark. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you could have a ticker on the bottom line like ESPN has during, like, football games where you have, like, ticker and you actually have the the rundown of the matches and the records and all that so you can keep mm-hmm. that straight. They, like, the whole Spears and Sky feud was built on Dark, but it's being played out on Dynamite. I didn't so, get that when I was so it, it all happened on dark. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know that because you don't watch dark, so then the you bull, just was the bull on dark? No, the bull was just as a way, like I got you know a Halloween type deal. Okay, to, to get, like, he just ran and beat up the bull to get <laughs> to get Scorpio payback for what Spears did on dark. The bull was throwing candy at him. Oh, okay, yeah, he's throwing candy at him. But it was to get it was for payback for Spears trashing Scorpio's locker room, okay. which again on dark. Mm-hmm. So. You, either you make Dark your second show and you put it on, or you make it known that, hey, Dark is our second show, but it's only on YouTube. Yeah. So the fans know I got to pay attention to Dark just like I do Dynamite. Same thing with being the elite. There's stuff that's tied in there that furthers this along. Yeah. You know? like, so, yeah, AEW, not so much this week for so me. So if you go, if you have, if you want to know everything, they're getting like WWE in a way, you know, where there, there's just so much content. But they have so many people in the company, too. Yeah. So you have to watch, you know, a half hour, hour, being the elite every week. Now Dark's been two hours every week, the past few weeks. Yeah, well, here's what I'll say with that. You don't have to fully invest in Dark. Cage Side Seats does a really good breakdown of Dark. So they'll list off all the matches, yeah. and they'll they'll give them, like, the, the, new, the new Japan grading system where they'll go... Pass, watch, okay, solid. Mm-hmm. So you can go through and, and based off of that. Normally, I forget who does the breakdown for that, but normally they're they're highlighting the watch and solids are the best matches and also the ones that have storyline ties. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't have to spend the full two hours on dark. You can just pick and choose those matches and those angles to, to go back in to get yourself caught up. So really you're getting a like a Hulu condensed version of the show. Okay. Okay. To where you're up to speed with everything, and that's where I think a, a week, a one hour weekly wrap up show would come yeah. in handy. You know, just okay. This week, uh, not you know, she you know accepted Nyla Rose's challenge. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, here's here's the build up of that and everything. All right. So then, opposite um, AEW Dynamite was NXT Halloween Havoc. I thought it was I thought it was a good show. Um, I went back and watched it afterward, or yeah, afterwards. Because I DVR'd it. Good show. Um, match quality was good. I'll I'll let the, the Pete Dunn add it into the McAfee stable slide. Because, again, that, to me, that was supposed to be Ridge Holland spot. Mm-hmm. So I think you would have gotten McAfee and Ridge. And then you add in Orkin and Birch to make your four. Pete Dunn. Glad to see him back. Looks absolutely shredded. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he was short and thick before, but now he he's looks like he's leaned out. Yeah. He's all cut up. So interesting to see how how he looks in the ring now because he was already great in the ring. We'll just see, you know, new physique. See how this works out. Um, but other than that, Chris, I agreed with with you after watching the show. Rhea Ripley and Raquel was a really good match. Mm. Um, Both women's. Yeah, both songs. Yeah, EO and Candice. EO and Candice is like Bailey and Sasha. They're not going to have a bad match when them two are in the ring together. Um, EO retaining was was what it was, given the 
given the women that are after her with Ember Moon and, you know, now you have Rhea and Raquel Tell and me. everything else. So, like, I, I'm okay with, with, with her retaining. I see definitely the Rhea and Ra- Raquel match being the beginning of something, not the ending. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they, they didn't finalize anything yeah, in that nah. match. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, hey, we're gonna see put more. them two together and have them beat Nia and Shayna <laughs> for, for the tag team titles. Famous yeah. tag. <laughs> I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Let them two. Yeah. Those two big-ass big women are snacks. Yeah. <laughs> so. Snacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, I mean, overall, <laughs> overall, good good show. I don't have too much to go into because it, <clears throat> because it was a, a good show for me. Like, I don't – I'm I'm okay with, with what went on and what happened. Like it was I a little said, hokey with – but that was the gimmick of the night. It was. You know, so it's it like was. I'm not going to take anything away from hey, that. Hey, can I get a golf clap for Shotzi Blackheart? Because there were a couple <laughs> times during that show where I was like – Spin the wheel, make the deal. <laughs> yeah. One more time. Uh, joking, comedy style. Don't, don't cancel the podcast. Comedy style, okay? Very man, joking. But no, um, well well done. They they brought it back. It was yeah, they brought back the wheel. They didn't do the digital yeah, wheel. They didn't do yeah. the digital wheel, thankfully. So on that first spin though, it looked like it stopped pretty fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, when it was done, I was like, I noticed it I noticed it more for the for the women's match. I noticed this like them stopping it. Uh-huh. It was more noticeable to me then than the first I didn't I didn't see a TLC match coming. So did they ever give match rules? They did. Um, so I know, I think like with Gargano's match, like after they did, the Devil's the, Playground. yeah, they just, uh, the announcers, I think just talked just said it was. and then once they did the women's match, um, they threw a graphic up. Okay. I don't okay. know if they did a graphic with Gargano's or not. I no, I don't, I don't think they did. I was, when I was watching, I was like, okay, what like, is false it? Count yeah. anywhere. That's pretty okay. much what it was. False okay. count anywhere. No DQ, no, no okay. count out. It was, yeah, your false count anywhere. Just call Devil's Playground. Interested to see who's the, uh, behind the mask. It's supposed, yeah. It was supposed to be uh, grilling one of their friends, yeah. The, um, Candace is a Indy friend. Hartwell. That's that, who it was supposed to be. They that say. didn't look like a chick. No, they said <laughs> they, he's, he's out on uh, cover restrictions. I do believe. I thought it was going to be Champa because the dude seemed <laughs> tall, but Champa cut a hell of a promo. Champa's promo was did. excellent. Mm-hmm. I really like. I said he's my he's my favorite. Even whenever he was. Hill Champa coming out with, with no Goldie. music with Goldie like I just his look mm-hmm. his, just everything and his promo was excellent on Wednesday since night. he came so, back I just kind of felt like he's been Champa yeah. yeah so this mm-hmm. kind of reignited me with him again yeah. Um, yeah when he came out with no music when he first came back after injury that was perfect yeah that was true hill heat there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. Um, hopefully, you'll get some of your big time players back here over the next couple of weeks. No update on Balor. Just a little short video package. I was surprised they didn't do an update yeah, this week. Carrying Cross, I think we'll be back sooner rather than later. Um, Scarlet keeps teasing stuff. Scarlet keeps teasing teasing stuff there. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, and then just a couple other things. It quickly here in wrestling to tie up the bell to bell segment. New Japan confirmed that their power struggle event is coming to New Japan World on November seventh with live English commentary. So if you fan of New Japan, you will get English commentary for this pay per view. Um, some of the matchups you have Naito versus Evil. You got Okada versus the. Great O'Conn, 
I don't know who that is. I haven't been paying attention. Um, I'm not sure that is. The graphic kind of looks like a masked character, so I don't know if it's somebody that hasn't been revealed yet. Better not be Grado yeah. from TNA. Um, then you have Kenta versus Tanahashi, which I think will be a really good matchup. Mm-hmm. And you have Ibushi versus Jay White. So not not a bad top four there. Um, so that's Power Struggle, November 7th. Again, same day as uh, AEW Full Gear. But New Japan, since they're so far ahead, you can watch that before. In the morning. You can watch that before Full Gear. Um, and then lastly, ROH hit the swerve. Jay Lethal loses in the semifinals of the ROH Pure Tournament. Tracy Williams picks up the W. He goes on today to face John Gresham in the finals. Um, so interesting matchup there. Um, I know I I would have liked to see Lethal and Gresham, but I understand Williams going over, mm-hmm. and maybe he wins this whole thing as like a shock and surprise, and and you've elevated a new star coming out of the tournament. Yeah, Ring of Honor is different uh, because all their shows are syndicated throughout the country. Um, I noticed last week. So here in Pittsburgh, we can watch it today, but they don't officially give the results till Monday on Ring of Honor because I guess that's like because it airs Monday day. at seven, okay. so it's like the lead into Raw, so, um, uh, different different parts around the country. So yeah, um, done well. And then on this episode, you also get EC three in the brisk in the Briscoes against Shane Thorne, and I forget okay. the other two guys again. So. That's this week's episode for Ring of Honor. I haven't watched. I wanted to watch the Pure Tournament. I just didn't take the time to do it. But I'll it was, watch it, was done, it was done really well. I will give Ring of Honor kudos for that. They they put on a good tournament there. Um, matches were excellent. It it fit the tournament to a T. So good quality there. But yeah, that's all I have for wrestling this week. Uh, just one update on my end was I watched NXT UK this week. Um, there was. Two decent matches on there. Uh, one, Jordan Devlin came back on mm. NXT UK. Yeah, he was he was promoted. He was promoted to come back. Yeah. This so you know he had a match and he came out with the cruiserweight championship. So um, I kind of like the idea that NXT UK has a cruiserweight championship and NXT has a cruiserweight championship. Because uh, this whole time they, on WWE.com they advertise both of them as champion. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that, you know, they're not traveling, so you're going to see two titles for a little bit, and then, you know, at yeah. some point you're going to get that match. Ladder match. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. you know, who knows when, you know, mm-hmm. you know, travel restrictions have to be lifted before that can happen. But I, I just kind of like that, that little tease that they're going to have now. Um, and then I highly recommend going back, watching uh, the main event this week. Uh, the ep- the actual episode uh, is usually an hour. It went overtime this week. The main event was a solid half hour match. Um, the two beat the shit out of each other. That's that all it was. Walter Dragon. Yeah. Um, re- I mean, if you like Walter, you know what he's like in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you watched, like, say Walter and Tyler Bate, and you enjoyed that match, mm-hmm. and I think this match you'll enjoy too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, they. That's all they did. They beat the shit out of each other for thirty minutes. So, yeah. Anybody got anything else? Anybody touch on Thunder Rosa? Indeed. No. No. So Serena D wins the NWA title in a very good match. Uh, if you watch Dynamite, she came out and defended it. That was one of the bright spots on Dynamite that yeah. on Wednesday night was her match with uh, Hirsch. So 
be as surprising here. Uh, rumor has it, and I hope it's not true, is that she is going to sign with WWE. Uh, yeah, I've seen not. those rumors. Seen those. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she'd be one of the ones that unfortunately would get lost in the shuffle. Um, if she would go to NXT, she'd be fine. But if, once Vince brings her up, she'll get lost in the shuffle. I think she'd be better treated in AEW. And, yeah. And if she could do an agreement where she could do NWA and AEW, like Maybe. it seems like some of these guys are doing now, I think that would deal. be the best. Yeah. That would be the best for her interest, I think. You know, she'd get a decent paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, did you right. catch? Uh, did you catch hers? You know, we always do this little build, build from little things. Mm-hmm. They had her announced build from Moscow. Okay. And then immediately the uh, announcers start talking about her New Jersey high school run. <laughs> 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 her birthplace <laughs> yeah so I don't know Man. but alright is that it That's anything else alright folks know. that was this week in Battle Bell chug 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 this Halloween special edition of the drink of the week segment is brought to you by grown up Halloween parties Sexy maid costumes and going home alone. <laughs> For Halloween, we decided to go with uh, Whole Hog Beers Casper White Stout. And if you can't guess it already, Casper the Friendly Ghost, exactly. Casper Halloween, tying it all together for you folks. Oh, whoop, whoop. So if you guys remember, we tried Whole Hog's Pumpkin Ale a few weeks ago that was... Uh, Steve's favorite pumpkin ale. Um, we both really like that. Yep. Uh, I think that's probably one of the best that we've had so far on the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. So, um, so why not stick with the you know the best? Why not stick with one of their other versions? And this is the Casper White Stout. We're gonna drink this separately, and then, as their website says, we're gonna add the whole hog pumpkin ale to the Casper White Stout to give that a review for you guys as well. So, bonus, double dip edition of Drink of the Week here. <laughs> hey, right. it's Halloween. It's a special edition. Might as well. Let's go. It, nothing better than drinking beer while you're walking around with the kids while exactly. they get candy. Shout out to those parents that hand out beers to the adults when they yeah. come up, too. It's trick-or-treat for them as well. Uh, that's what adulting is. Oh, I love There's a couple houses over by my way that does that every year. I love it. <laughs> First impressions after drinking the Casper White Stout. Now, before Chris gives his review here, we got to be honest with you folks. We weren't able to find a six-pack of the Casper White Stout, okay? So there's a beer place near us, uh, these six-packs and dogs, where we went. They had the Casper White Stout on, on, um, on tap from a keg, so we went and bought a growler of it to review for this segment here. Um, so I don't know if that will play different into the taste of it. Like, you know, when you drink beer out of a bottle compared to a can, it tastes different. Um, so I don't know, tap-wise, would it taste different than coming out of the bottle? Yeah. Like, that we, that you know, when we did the, the whole hog pumpkin ale. And then, yeah, I'm wondering that, too, because the difference on their website just listed as JP's Casper White Stout. And the one that was on tap that we got today was Casper White Stout Nitro. Okay. So nitro pours a little bit differently. Right. So since that pours differently, we bought it in a growler. Um, we actually only bought it about an hour or two ago. Um, so it hasn't been sitting long. It kind of tastes a little flat to me. I, I get the flatness of it too. And I and I want to say maybe that's just because it was 
poured from the yeah. the tap from the keg into the growler. So like and we you wait said, a little bit. it hasn't it hasn't settled well. Um, so I, I do get some of the flatness of it. I, you know, I'd like to maybe drink this again a day or two later um, after it kind of settles and sits for a while. But I gotta tell you, like it's it's smooth. Like for Very a stout, I, I would definitely get this for a stout and. You know, for it being a blonde stout too. You know, I'm I'm new. I'm used to drinking your dark stouts. So it's yeah. A, compared to a blonde stout, but for it being, I've never even heard of a white stout before this before this beer. So for it being a, a white stout or a blonde stout, you know, you have Guinness blonde. Yeah. Um, okay, it is another is another white stout, but I would definitely I would definitely recommend this for sure if you're out at a place that has it. Um, like I said, it probably tastes better coming out of the bottle, you know, uh, than than straight out of the tap into a growler and drinking it, you know, an hour or two hours later. But I, I, it's smooth. Uh, it tastes good. Not really sure flavor profile wise what I'm picking up. I can't yeah. really put my finger on it. I just know that it tastes good. Just to divulge a little more information, other than like how we bought the beer, we also are taping this after we drank another beer. And the beer that we had before this was from a couple weeks ago that we did the review on Southern Tier Cold Brew Coffee Pumpkin. And I'm not sure if the coffee's still lingering on my palate, even though I, we tried to cleanse our palates afterwards. And I'm, because I'm still getting some coffee, but they do have in the description that there is uh, coffee hints in this beer. So it's so probably, it might be the, the coffee hints. It could be. Because I don't have the, I don't, I don't have the bitter aftertaste from the pumpkin mm-hmm. coffee cold brew that we had. I definitely enjoy this. Uh, like I said, I I have no problem drinking this as a white stout, more of a dark stout, more of a dark stout guy myself. So it, it's not as creamy as some other stouts that I would normally drink. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I do like stouts. You know, the creamy, the flavor, because I like the chocolate. I like the but again, uh, the I, I, I would in I there. would go into that's the difference between a dark stout and a white. Yeah, stout. Yeah, could be. So yeah, I I was really kind of hoping maybe it would be similar. It, just the same thing that you would get from a dark stout and just put it as a light beer. Before we add the the pumpkin or the whole hog pumpkin ale to the white stout, like the website says, on a scale of one to five sumos, what would you give the Casper whole hog Casper yeah. white stout by itself? Me, I'm a little disappointed. I think I'm going to go with a two. Okay, um, I won't go as low as you. I'll I'll go with a, I'll go with a three. I'll okay. keep it middle of the road. Okay. I think one of the like we said the factors of it being from a keg into a yeah. growler, um, kind of tasting it after another beer um, by itself. I, I would go a three. I would definitely circle back around and drink this again later on to see if my view of it changes. I agree. So, so I might put an asterisk. I would, next to I would put an asterisk but... next to it. For sure, but uh, so a two for you, a three for me with an asterisk to go back and try it again. Yeah. So you folks out there, if you're out there, try it. Let us know what you think. And um, now we'll move on. We'll add the yeah. pumpkin ale to it and see what that tastes like. So what they posted on Instagram with this is that it's supposed to be, you know, the pumpkin and this white salad is supposed to be like pumpkin and whipped cream. Okay, that's, so that's like what pumpkin pie. That's what they want, you know, the, for, the flavor well, profile. As a chubby kid, if I'm getting pap- if I'm getting pumpkin <laughs> pie in my beer, like, yeah, whoo, exactly. Let's close the door, wrap up shop. Let's, so let's go. Try. Let's try the the pumpkin pie version of it. I got to tell you, like, I definitely get the pumpkin pie aspect, yeah. the, the pumpkin and the whipped cream for sure. Yeah, I would, I would have it. 
You know what? It's like a it's like a black and tan. Mm. Okay. I would I would yeah. drink I would drink this I would drink the combo together more than I would drink the white stout by itself. You know, just I like agree. how I I'm a big fan of black and tans. I like black and tans. So I would I would definitely go with the combo, the combo drill compared to the stout by itself. Yeah. I I I really feel like in that first sip, I didn't taste coffee. So I kind of feel like that that wasn't my palate, you know, or the the pumpkin, the spice and everything just cleansed it more. Definitely that first sip, I did feel like I was drinking pumpkin pie. So their description was spot on, and I enjoyed this combination a whole lot more than I enjoyed the white stout by itself. Yeah, drinking it some more here, the, the combination definitely works. Um, if you're in an area where you can find both, I would highly suggest buying both and doing the combo, like I said, like a black and tan. The whole hard pumpkin ale by itself, we already reviewed that. We gave that, you know, almost five stars across the board. Yeah. And that, honestly, I don't think it really changed my score at all by adding that in. I just enjoyed it a different way. Right. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. No doubt. So the combo version of this, what would you give on a scale of one to five sumos? I'd still keep it the same. That's what I was saying. I don't feel like the, the combination changed my original score in any way. It just was a different variation of it. So I gave 4.75 the last time and I'm going to keep it there. Okay. I'm with, I'm with you. I'll, I'll go I'll go of a, a four and a half on right. the combo. I believe I was a five on the pumpkin yeah. ale just because that's my number one whole hog, my number one. But this by no means is a detriment to the pumpkin ale by itself. So no. even though my rating's a little bit lower, I I've this is definitely on the upper tier of what I would sit down and drink mm-hmm. for sure. And if I'm able to be at a place where I can mix the both I'm definitely going to mix them for sure. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't mind if we could, like, because we're able to find the whole hog pumpkin ale in the six-pack. If we could find the Casper style in the six-pack, I would definitely like to try that, um, see if there is any difference between the nitro uh, draft. Between the nitro and the and the regular yeah. style. Yeah, hey, whole hog, um, we're going to tag you in this, and if you're listening, send the dumb marks here uh, a way to get the white stout itself uh compared to the nitro brewed white stout so we can give that a a legitimate review by itself um and and, you know as always we'll we'll gladly take a six pack of each so we can put this combo dip together and roll out two's better for one in this case and i like the two together 100 percent more than each of them by themselves and i mean hey whole hog while you're listening if you want to Figure out a way for us to get some of that hazelnut brownie porter. I wouldn't be upset over that either. Maybe we can find that and review that in an upcoming (laughs) episode of the the Drink of the Week. So, as always, folks, double dip time edition here on a special Halloween edition for Drink of the Week segment. So, we ask you to grab your glasses, your cans, your bottles, your shots, whatever you're drinking to with us this week. And hold them up high as we go to good ships and wood ships and ships that sail the seas. But the best ships are friendships, and friends will always be. Cheers. All right, folks, happy Halloween. Uh, We're going to have a segment here where we're going to cover our bottom five worst Halloween candies. Yeah, everybody's list, you hear your top five power rankings or best of this, best of that. But on the Dumb Marks podcast, when we do rankings... We do the bottom five, the toilet bowl, the shit of the shits. And I think we're really going to get that on this list. So. Oh, somebody's got the shit beat out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, you want to kick us off? 
Yeah, I'll go into mine. Um, so my worst or bottom five Halloween candies are in this particular order. I'm going to go Red Vines at number five. Okay. okay. I'm going to go with Raisinets at number four. Uh, number, fruit does not belong. No. Number number three is going to be Whoppers. Okay. I okay. disagree with you on that one. But. Number two is 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 a combo deal, but they're similar. I'm going to go Mounds and Almond Joy. Definitely agree. And then the number one worst candy of all time is candy corn. I agree. That's my five. Uh, Jason? Uh, okay, I have five. I'm going to go with two that... They're not on the bottom. They just shouldn't be given away. All of them. Well, one shouldn't be given away, and the other one's just always at the bottom of the candy bowl. So five, I'm going to go pretzels. Bag pretzels, you shouldn't give away Halloween. Nobody wants those. Outside the box thinking. I like yeah. this. Okay. Four is one that's always at the bottom of the candy dish is Whoppers. So I agree with you on that. Then my my top, my top three would be... Bottom three. Bottom, bottom three. three. My bottom three would be any kind of black licorice. Nice call. Bit nice. of honey. Mm. Oh, good call. A, good call. That's nasty as candy. And Necco wafers. Okay. Necco wafers. I wish I, I was going to try to find something to buy and bring them. I couldn't find any, but yes. I think you can buy them down that candy store down the waterfront that has like all the ah, retro stuff. There's but, one on There's the candy store down Southside that you can go in and buy that's down on like 21st or 22nd Street. Yeah. It's on the corner there. Yeah. They have everything that you can think of. Like, the bottle rocket or rockets candy down the waterfront, okay. but yeah, Necco wafers, yeah. But I, a bit of honey and black licorice, nice, yeah, nice calls there. They had them listed at Big Lots, but they'd probably be expired anyway. So, my an honorable mention for mine was going to be whenever uh, people used to give out pennies. Ah, uh, it's just like nickels. really, yeah. Okay, yeah. you get so nickels, yeah. Like why, you're getting out change. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't want to go out and buy candy, you just went upstairs and got your change dish and <laughs> start giving that out. Number five for me was raisinets. Yeah, they're fruit and stuff like that. That doesn't belong in Halloween. I like raisinets um, and red vines. Number four, I I'm gonna go like any type of just like that old like that old people candy, the hard candy. Oh, the grandma's candy. Yeah, dish? for real. Like the Wait, peppermints and stuff. Like no, I don't. Want come that. on, those good. <laughs> the strawberries with the strawberry wrapper that looked like a strawberry. Yeah, those good. are like one of the best candies of all time. I'll do that any time of the year, but not on Halloween. I seen a meme saying, "Where do you find those?" Because nobody's seen them since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandma just knows the dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Three could kind of tie in Jason's uh, bit of honey, but I just put taffy in general. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't like any type of taffy. Just do it. Number two, I'll agree with you. I had almond joy and mounds. I hate coconut. I hate so. Coconut too. And then number one, of course, candy corn. But have you guys seen the thing that Brock's is making for this upcoming Thanksgiving? They're making candy corn for Thanksgiving, but it's flavored as one's going to be flavored turkey, one's going to be flavored mashed potatoes, one's going to be flavored cranberry. No, no, no. It's like, no, you what? Number one, you made bad candy to begin with, and now you made it even worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, no, like. I will say Trolley made a kind. That made me change my mind a little bit. Really? Just on, the, just on that, candy corn is still terrible. Yeah. But they made a good batch. <laughs> yeah, like, no, like, candy corn's just terrible. Yeah. All right, and now for the worst five lists from the worst person giving the worst five lists with the worst take of the worst five lists. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I'll start off with my wild card, which is Reese Cups. Who just made it? 
This dude, <laughs> Reese Cups is not on the bottom five list of worst Halloween candy. In my opinion, it is garbage. There, is, there <laughs> might be nothing better than a slightly frozen Reese Cup straight out of the freezer. Chris, have you kicked anybody out lately? I have. <laughs> <laughs> you got to throw it on this one? Yeah. yeah. Take by the door. <laughs> it's cold outside. I, I would kick him outside, but he would enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I went trick-or-treating... All the Reese cups I got from Trick or Treat, I gave them to Jason. They just wasn't one of my favorites. <laughs> so that's my wild card one. But then I have number five as Tootsie Pops. I'm not a big fan of suckers like that. Number four are Sweethearts. Number three is Good and Plenty. I don't know who can make box of candy like that. It's yeah, yeah. It's a black licorice too. Yeah. Uh, number two are Smarties, the little small wrap Smarties. Mm. Yeah, they always, my sister, whenever she used to open them as a kid, I always used to step on them, and I never forgave her for that or forgave the candy for that. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, of course, is like everybody else's, is candy corn. That is the bottom dump, the Domino's pizza of candy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, there you have it. The worst five Halloween candies, according to the dumb marks, if you... Like any of our lists, give us a shout out. If you think we got any wrong, like Donald putting Reese Cups, feel free to tag him and blast the shit out of him <laughs> on all social media. I'll, I'll tag him in the post so, you know, have fun with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and with that, uh, enjoy trick or treat tonight with your kids. And uh, shout out to all the parents that give the other parents who are walking around with their kids alcohol to drink while they're walking around. You guys deserve a medal on Halloween. All right, folks, this week in sports is going to be mostly football-centric since we're getting into that time of year where the other sports that had their bubbles come to an end, um, you know, NHL wrapped up, NBA wrapped up, and then this week we saw the MLB playoffs wrap up with the Los Angeles Dodgers winning that elusive World Championship World Series, or as their commissioner called it, a piece of metal. Um, and, and the presentation. They may have to stay in the bubble for a couple days. Yes. <laughs> so the Dodgers win the World Series. Um, instead of talking about the Dodgers and what was an entertaining series, we got nothing but COVID talk. And the reason why we got COVID talk is because the Dodgers' third baseman tested positive for COVID, played eight innings, then got yanked from the game because his positive test came back. Second positive test. And then came back out on the field after the game to celebrate with the rest of the team. Yeah. I mean, the damage was already done. So. I mean, first things first. You're supposed to be in a bubble. So how do you even test positive if you're in the bubble, right? It was the whole part of doing the, the playoffs in the World Series was to bubble it, to contain it. Not only that, but he tests positive. They tell him uh, it is a false positive. You're good to go out and play, but we're going to give you a second test. There was also that second test. Don't come back to the middle of the game, and you pull him in the eighth inning. It makes no sense at all. It shouldn't have been out there, period, Yeah. regardless if it was a false positive or not. like There's no reason to put him out there. It was just, I mean, it was baseball fumbling, bumbling, stumbling over itself again, just like before the season started with all the union talks and back and forth and them not even reaching an agreement to where the commissioner had to put out a 60-game schedule. It was just, you know, for a sport that needs to do everything it can to keep a fan base because everything else has passed it by as far as pace of play and 
fan experience and everything else, not the best of light shown on you at mm-hmm. your crowning moment. No, I like I said, the damage was already done, like so I can kind of understand why they, he went back out there. But I agree, he shouldn't have been there. You know, they should have they should have pulled him in the beginning and said until we know what your result is, you know, you can't play. I mean, what happens if Tampa Bay comes back and wins that game? Are they even going to be able to play Game Seven the following day? Yeah. So then, what do you do? Yeah. But it's like, oh, screw it. The Dodgers won. We got all our money for pulling this off. Like, oh well. You have co-champions. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really bad. It's really bad with the optics. The optics are really bad when yeah. you show him on screen holding the World Series trophy next to his wife, no mask on, leaning in to give her a kiss, <laughs> and the graphic underneath says that he tested positive for COVID. <laughs> It did him taking the team picture next to his coach, who's, who's a cancer survivor. Who's a cancer survivor? Who's at higher risk? Like, come on. I heard somebody's wife was pregnant. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, all these things, it's just, it's not a good look for baseball at no. all. And I think that's something that they, I mean, they have time now, you know. I, I'd say they probably wouldn't come back till the spring anyways yeah. if, if something would happen. But, I mean, they got to do better. Yeah. Mm. This isn't going to be gone away by the time the spring rolls around, so they need to do something better, just like like all the teams do. You know, NBA is talking about coming back at Christmas time. Far too soon. Um, yeah. yeah, far too soon. And, um, you know, if they do it, I'm hoping they just stick with the bubble instead of traveling again. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's going to be a fight because the yeah. players don't want to do that. Yeah. So interesting that baseball, and this ties in also to, I guess, hockey and NBA as well. So. You have teams in Canada, right, for our for mm-hmm. all three sports, okay? Blue Jays were already not allowed to play in Canada because of travel back and forth, right? You have the Raptors who were in a bubble but out of the bubble, which they're going to do next year because they just lost too much money. They're not going to – regardless, fans can be in some arenas or not. They're going to have fans. Well, Kansas City, uh, I guess – offered for the Raptors and I believe the Maple Leafs to come in and call Kansas City their home for the upcoming NBA and NHL season. Okay. NHL is going to be tough. You you have seven or eight teams that are north of the border. So, you know, I, I've had this discussion with other people like do you just have do you have those teams just play each other up there and oh. then you have the teams in the states play each other or do you move the teams from the states up into Canada and just play across Canada for the NHL season but that's not really fair like it's going to be it's going to get really interesting with some of these sports organizations and what they have to do given teams that are north of the border yeah cuz i mean the Canada had said last week that this week it was supposed to reopen the border, and they said, "No, we're not doing that." No, because we've um, climbed in cases consistently yeah. over the last two weeks. Like, so yeah, I mean, I, I have heard that one of the things being discussed is possibly just all American teams playing each other and all Canadian teams playing each other. Um, I don't know how that work, will yeah. work out, but <laughs> I'd say like two bubbles close to the border on each side, okay. and if you need to, you can cross there. Canada So like, if you were to if you were to move. If you were to move the American teams up into Canada, it's right? It's easier. It's easier because you have seven or eight teams that are spread out across Canada. So you could have three or four sites for Western Conference teams, three mm-hmm. or four sites for Eastern Conference teams, and you can play everybody within those three sites, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're the, the United <laughs> States teams lose the revenue and everything else and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's... 
I, you know, there's a lot to go into all yeah. that. Then how long is their season talking about going? They haven't said that. They yet. haven't They're, said yet. I know. I know. NBA. NBA. They have to hit seventy two games in order to get all their TV money. Mm-hmm. So they have to put on seventy two games. Okay. Mm-hmm. So regardless. A shortened schedule is fine, but that shortened schedule will be 72, 72. games. They're not going to go less than 72. They're playing doubleheaders. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that hockey goes, you know, the shortened season of maybe January through June, somewhere around there, you know, like they did a couple years ago too. And when hockey's in a sprint like that, it's so fun to watch. Oh, yeah, it's so much better. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Because it's like, oh, we can't play around. We just have to go for it right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, but. So to, to keep Some, on with yeah. the optics of COVID, um, as everybody knows by now, the biggest story in college sports is Trevor Lawrence testing positive for COVID. Uh, Clemson quarterback, predictably the number one overall draft pick in this year's coming NFL draft. If he decides to join, there's some up in the air with that, depending if the Jets get the number one overall pick. <laughs> he might go back to Clemson for his senior year or maybe pull an Eli Manning or John Elway and say, don't draft me because I'm not coming to your team. But he tests positive. He's out this week. The Tigers are currently playing Boston College as we record, and they are losing right now. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. His availability, according to the, big, or according to the ACC policies, he has to sit out 10 days from when symptoms start, so not when you get your positive test. Mm-hmm. Some up in the air and controversy about this because if if it was supposed to be whenever he got his positive test, that would mean he would miss next week's matchup against Notre Dame, which is a top five matchup, if Clemson were to win the day, mm-hmm. um, which is the bigger, the bigger test for them. So we'll see how this shakes out, you know, What's funny is college can't get this right, right? So you had Power 5 schools. You had the Big 10 and the Pac-12 canceled the season at the beginning. ACC, Big 12, SEC, where, nope, we're playing 10, 11 games. Some independence, you have to figure out a schedule, whatever, right? So then the Big 10 gets talked into having the season back, right? So they go, okay, you guys want to play so much and this and that? All right, fine, we'll play. However, you test positive for COVID, you're out automatic 21 days. So Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz, redshirt freshman, has a game of his life last Friday against Illinois, who Wisconsin, who has high hopes this year. He looks like a legit, legit playmaker quarterback. Test positive. Nope, you're out. 21 days. See you later. So that's three games three automatically games. in a, in an eight game season, right? There was a game that they the Big Ten was going to cancel. Oh, Wisconsin, yeah, canceled. they canceled against yeah. Nebraska. So so mm-hmm. that game's a no contest now, right? So. In order to qualify for the Big Ten Championship, you have to play at least six games out of the eight. So they're already down one. Mm-hmm. Who knows how long or how many other games are going to be missed. Mm-hmm. ACC, their standards are different, like I just said. Trevor Lawrence says positive. He only has to sit out 10 days and have, like, two or three consecutive negative tests, and he's okay to come back. So, like, each conference is set up differently. There's no wiggle room for Big Ten or, or Pac-12. It didn't start yet. <laughs> because, it, yeah, it didn't even start yet. It's just going to be a disaster. I legitimately have no idea how they find four teams and crown an actual 
worthy national champion this year. Because you have teams playing eight games, you have teams playing ten games, you have teams playing eleven games. It's only conference matchups. It's not out of conference matchups. So like it's gonna be just a complete shit show, I think, coming down the end whenever they finalize who the the four are that make the college football playoff to play for the national championship. And with Wisconsin and uh, Nebraska canceling, Nebraska went and tried to schedule uh, UT Chattanooga to play so they could get, you know, at least their games in. And the Big Ten said, no, you're only playing conference games. Yep. So, (laughs) yeah, it's it's really, I mean, whether you agree with them playing football this year or not being, you know, college athletes and not professionals – that's a separate discussion. You know, that, that trends into more of a political football being kicked back and forth, and we don't discuss politics on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. But it's going to be just – it's going to be a hell of a ride coming down the stretch here over the next two months to, to figure out who's actually going to play for the national championship. Moving forward here, we got NFL, the midway point, eight, uh, week eight here coming up. And obviously in Pittsburgh, it's Ravens week. The Dirty Birds from Baltimore, <laughs> um, the true rivals who I think over the years – it's it's changed a bit the rivalry in my opinion. It's gone from pure hatred into more of a respect and a dislike. Yeah. I think Cincinnati with the the perfect years and all that and the the dirty <laughs> tactics that they use. I think it's more of a hatred between the Steelers and the Bengals. The Browns just get beat up on, yeah. so they don't even count. <laughs> so yeah, Steelers Ravens. You know, chance to to really elevate yourself. If you're the Steelers, stay undefeated. Um, you know, be a game up on Baltimore with one with one game to play. You'd be two games up because they would have two losses. You still have zero coming down the the second half of the season here. So, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm excited to watch it. I'm a little nervous going into this. Very game. nervous. Very nervous. Yeah, the Steelers they play down. It, yeah, whenever they play down in Baltimore, they get really sketchy. They play down to the competition. So this this game marks some NFL coaching history because it'll be the 25th time that Harbaugh and Tomlin face each other. If you go, if you look at playoffs and regular season, Tomlin versus Harbaugh, Tomlin's 13 and 14. They met 27 times, so you know they're right around each other. Total points scored when you look at the rivalry over the years, and that you know Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they're both around 20 points a game. So. For you betters out there, I don't know what the over-under is, but more than likely you're going to get the under in this one. I don't see it being a very high-scoring game, even though the Steelers have hit 27 points in four straight games for the first time in Lord knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be a dogfight. It will. I think I think this week, more than last week against Tennessee, um, the losses of Bush and Mike Hilton are going to show up more this week. Especially, I think, Bush on Mark Andrews, the tight end. That's mm-hmm. going to be a huge, huge loss there. And Mike Hilton, you know, his slot corner capabilities are, are top in the league. Baltimore's banged up, too. Jimmy Smith might not play for them. They're, they're top corner. But they have three corners across the board. They just traded for Everson Griffin, who's eligible to play in the game this week. I don't know if he will or not. Calais Campbell. From Jacksonville, they got so it'll it'll be interesting. It's going to be a dogfight, you know. We'll we'll see if the Steelers are able to come out on top, but it'll be your typical heart attack Steeler game if you're watching tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Any other 
key matchups you guys looking at as far as games go this week and week eight. Some of the other ones to kind of look forward to, Seattle and San Francisco play, Tennessee play Cincy. I'm trying to think what other key games are. The the Buccaneers with are, are on Monday night, one week before A.B. comes back. So Antonio Brown joining the Bucks offense and Tom Brady's getting every piece of the puzzle there for him to <laughs> Win a championship. They really are legitimately. Every piece of the gauntlet. I mean, they, it's Super Bowl. Yeah, it's Super Bowl bust, right? I mean, yeah. Thanos completed the gauntlet there. <laughs> Kansas City added Le'Veon Bell. He looked good last week in the snow in Denver. So another week for him under that belt. We'll see what he does with them there. So um, New England plays Buffalo, and if Buffalo wins, it could be the end of New England already. Yeah. So that, that's. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, Stephon Gilmore's name has been up for trade talks this week. Um, We'll see if, if they trade him. You Edelman know. is hurt. Edelman's out. Yeah, so, I mean, football, you know, you can start to see, if you look over these divisions here, um, we'll, we did our picks in the beginning of the season for who we thought. We'll we'll run through the list real quick now as, as the divisions are constructed and see if you want to keep that team that's in first place or switch them out for somebody else. So, right now, AFC East, you have the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Bills are five and two. Dolphins are in second at three and three. Patriots two and four. The Jets are zero oh and seven. Uh, does anybody think that Buffalo will not win this division? I don't trust anybody in the division. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what Tua does. Though. Yep, Tua's first game officially tomorrow. We'll see if that uh, either hurts or helps the Dolphins there with that surprise quarterback change coming off the bye week. So. Um, I'm going to stick with the Bills as far as winning the division. Bills. Yeah. Bills. Okay, so we'll keep the Bills there. AFC West, Chiefs 6-1, and one, Raiders 3-3, three and three, Chargers 2-4, and four, Broncos 2-4. and four. Does anybody think the Chiefs will lose this division? Not at all. <laughs> no. Not at all. The rich get richer there, so <laughs> Kansas City, um, obviously. AFC South, Titans 5-1, Colts 4-2, Texans 1-6, Jaguars 1-6. Uh, this division here, I could see the Colts winning it when it, it's all said and done. It'll be it'll be a battle between them and the Titans. You can yeah. take a coin flip, honestly, because they're they're both built the same. Jags are turning it around. Here, <laughs> <laughs> the AEW. <laughs> and then uh, AFC North: Steelers six and zero, Ravens five and one, Browns five and two. That's a false five and two because they. They, the only two teams with a winning record they played, they played Baltimore week one and got blown out, and then they played the Steelers two weeks ago and got blown out. So they beat up on just scrubs. Um, and then the Bengals, one and five. Poor Joe Burrow. Like, dude is going to be a legit superstar, you could tell. But he might die during the season. <laughs> and this Sunday, tomorrow, he better take out a Lloyds of London life insurance policy because his left tackle – Right guard and right tackle are all out. So go go yeah. figure, right? So are we? Uh, well, I mean, we're all from Pittsburgh. Do we, I mean, we're going to keep the Steelers as winning the division, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So home, Homer City here. <laughs> uh, NFC wise, we'll get to the the toilet bowl or the NFC East, <laughs> as it's called. NFC South: Buccaneers five and two, Saints four and two, Panthers three and five, Falcons two and six. Anybody want to take anybody else besides Tampa Bay there? No. No. They're going for it. Yeah. Tampa all the way. I'll go with Tampa, too. And and 
Yes, A.B. added in. Who knows what that offense is going to look like with him. But their defense is what got me. Their their defense is young. They're hungry. They have probably two of the best linebackers. You know, their secondary is all 24 or younger, and they're all studs. So their defense is going to be around for a while. Mm-hmm. Shut the Packers down that one couple yeah. weeks ago. Somehow the Bears beat them. Go figure, <laughs> right? So NFC North, Packers 5-1, and one, Bears 5-2. and two. Lions three and three, Vikings one and five. Anybody want to take anybody else besides the Packers? Yep. All right. Packers consensus. Who are the there. Packers receivers? <laughs> Devontae Adams. Oh, okay. yeah. Devontae Adams, right? He's, He's like, got, I never know the Packers receivers. But you, got Devontae Adams, you got Devontae Adams. You know, they were they were rumored as far as maybe a potential trade partner for Will Fuller from the Texans this week, but mm-hmm. they, they weren't able to reach a deal. I think if. They would have reached out to him whenever Bill O'Brien was the coach. They could have got Will Fuller for, for a block of sharp cheddar cheese. I mean, it, would been, it would have been nothing. So, NFC West, Seahawks 5-1, and one, Cardinals 5-2, and two, Rams 5-2, and two, Niners 4-3. and three. So there's some talk that all four teams, because they expanded the playoffs this year, that all four teams from this division can get in the playoffs. I see the Seahawks and uh, Cardinals getting in. Seahawks being the top. Mm, no. I see Arizona maybe getting Seattle. Did I say the Cardinals? Oh. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I like the Cardinals, and that's just because I have Kyler Murray as my fantasy quarterback <laughs> who's balling right now. So uh, they just beat Seattle yeah, in overtime. Yeah, their offense is on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the toilet bowl or the NFC East, Eagles 2-4-1, Washington 2-5, Cowboys 2-5, Giants 1-6. Somebody said just make an all-star team. Forget forget picking the winner of this division, right? Does any team win? Okay, over-under under for total number of wins for the the winner of this division. I'm going to place at six. Does any team from this division win its division by more than six wins? I haven't more than six wins. at six. I got push. Is that? <laughs> yeah, that's push. Push. So you're going to have a, a division winner at 6-10 and 10 host a home playoff game. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. I will say this. I love the COVID era. Philly, Philly is going to – Philly's starting to get a little bit healthier. Nice. They got Jalen Rager coming back this week. They're top draft pick of this year, wide receiver from TCU, who's a speedster, who's really good. Goddard will come back from the IR in two weeks. They're getting healthier on defense. Their defense hasn't played that bad. They, their their defense is pretty good. Carson Wentz is 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 what he is. So we'll see if he can will his team like he did last year. But I mean, out of all these choices, I'm just gonna go with the Eagles. Yeah, they seem to be the team that has the better team. The, the better <laughs> team out of these four. Um, I see it being in between them and the Cowboys. Possibly, I don't see the other two doing anything. All right, and then since we're at the halfway point. Go around the room here and get our MVP predictions for this year. Donald, we'll kick it off with you. Who do you think wins MVP? Or maybe I should change the name of it. It's not MVP award. It's the quarterback award because only freaking quarterbacks are talked in MVP discussions, which is insane. It's the same with the Heisman. Like, just change it to change it to a quarterback yeah, award because sorry. you're not crowning the best player no. in the NFL and you're not crowning mm-hmm. the best player in college football. You're just It's legitimately a quarterback who wins it every year. <laughs> Adrian Peterson, last MVP, 2012. That was a non-quarterback. Wow, wow. <laughs> I'll say Russell Wilson because he's been playing top-notch since week one. But the way Tom Brady is getting play all over the airways and everything, 
he'll probably be the winner. But I go to Russell Wilson. Uh, I think Tom Brady's gonna get that LeBron, uh, LeBron snuff. So I'm gonna go with uh, Russell Wilson. I gotta give it to Ben. You know, I didn't think the Steelers were gonna be as good as they have been this season. I don't you think know? he'll ever. I, I don't <laughs> think he'll. He, he, does, he doesn't get the respect. <laughs> no, I'm giving him the credit, but I Tom Brady's getting that. Maybe record wise, you know, Ben might get comeback player of the year because of like their yeah. their record at the yeah. end of the year. Stats wise, he's not gonna be in the discussion. For me right now, I think it's a it's a two headed race. You either got Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers right now. Give me a coin flip, uh give me give me Russ. And I'm going to say Russ only because now I think after A.B. was at his house working out with him, Seattle was in talks to bring him in, and he, he, shuns, he shuns Russell to go down with, <laughs> with Tampa Bay Buccaneers and TB12 down there. I think Russ has a chip on his shoulder the rest of the season and, and takes a run at the, the all-time touchdown totals for NFL quarterback in a season. Now, is there a non-QB guy you put up there? I don't see any running backs. Derrick Henry would be the only possible candidate if he goes on a run like he did on the second half of last season where he's averaging, you know, 150, 160 yards a game and, you know, he, he gets to that 2,000-yard rushing mark. That's what the, the year AP won in 2012, he had mm-hmm. over 2,000 rushing yards. Don't really see it there. A defensive player, they don't ever talk for MVP. No. They, they just give them the Defensive Player yeah, of the Year award, yeah. which is basically the MVP of the defense. On the defensive side of the ball, a lot of people were talking Miles Garrett, and it's like, T.J. Watt has the same exact numbers. I broke this down on the podcast two weeks ago mm-hmm. when they played. T.J. Watt has the same exact numbers in the game. So, it, I mean, to me, Aaron Donald should win Defensive Player of the Year every single year. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely unreal. The best D-tackle I've ever seen, and he's only 285 pounds. It's like Pittsburgh never gets the looks in all those categories. No, no, last year. Last year, TJ played out of his mind. Last year, TJ played out of his mind. They gave it to Gilmore, but Steven Nelson had had better numbers than Gilmore did last year. Mm -hmm. And Steven Nelson was never talked about being (laughs) defensive player of the year, let alone one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So, you know, by all means, don't don't talk about any of us. They never talk (laughs) about Cam. They never talk about Cam. Mm -hmm. Cam's one of the best D tackles in the league. Um, like I said, Watt and that. So was Bush in the running last year for rookie? He was he to was. a point. Mm-hmm. What, like fourth, maybe. It's like uh, high school superlatives, you know. Yeah. To whoever the most popular person yeah. is. All right, so that's our breakdown for the division winners and MVP candidates for this year, uh, finishing out the second half of the season. So uh, enjoy the game tomorrow if you're a Steelers fan, and you know, hopefully we get a W because Pittsburgh's always better during the week whenever the Steelers get a win. Anything else from you guys in sports this week? All right, that's been This Week in Sports. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Dumb Marks Podcast. Uh, thanks to Don and Jason for joining us again this week. Welcome. Anytime. Welcome. Anytime. See you guys next week for AEW Full Gear. I'll be here. All right. Well. Deuce and Domino will return. <laughs> <laughs> Double Ds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, as always, make sure you follow us on social media at DumbMarksPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, you can also listen to our podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, and Radio.com. Steve, you want to take us home? Yeah, and this week uh, we're recording this on Saturday, and Tuesday is the election, and you know we're not a political podcast and won't go into politics, but I did come across this quote uh, from... 
John F. Kennedy that I thought was apropos, giving it that it is the presidential election and everybody should go out and vote. So JFK once said, let us not seek the Republican answer or the Democratic answer, but the right answer. Let us not seek to fix the blame for the past. Let us accept our own responsibility for the future. The only way that you can affect the future is to go out and vote. So everybody, whether you're voting Republican, Democrat, or somebody in between, make sure you go out on Tuesday and cast that vote. And with that, you can catch us around the way.